Is the new wiretap law an excuse for the government to spy on its citizens or a power that's necessary to catch terrorists? And what's the secret behind the phenomenon, The Secret? Also, what do Michael Vick, Michael Irvin, and Barry Bonds have in common? How much are they influencing the next generation? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Against radical Islamic extremism, we must win, we will win, and we will never surrender. They will. That's Senator John McCain in yesterday's presidential debate. He says we will win and they will surrender. But Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, says that we're waging a phony war against the terrorists. Which is it? We'll talk to an expert in just a minute. Well, Dr. Johnson, in the debate yesterday, of course, the Republican candidates went out after each other, but also after the Democrat candidates. Rudy Giuliani said the other party's presidential candidates won't acknowledge the religious motives of America's enemies. In four Democratic debates, not a single Democratic candidate said the word Islamic terrorism. Now that is taking uh, political correctness to extremes. Got to be able to define the debate here. That's coming up in just a moment. But first, former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Michael Irwin has now been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Here's Michael Irwin. I said, God... I have my struggles, and I made some bad decisions. All right, we're going to talk about sin in pro sports later in the program. We've got Michael Vick, Barry Bonds, this NBA referee who's fixing the games and gambling on those games. We're going to talk about redemption as well, and Michael Irvin particularly. You might want to weigh in toward the end of the program. But... Um, We've got something coming up on our station this Saturday, Pennon. And we're going to uh, begin introducing this tonight. Uh, It's an in-depth discussion of The Secret, a phenomenon that is sweeping the country. We'll start talking about it tonight, lay the groundwork. You won't want to miss it. All right, folks. Are we winning the war in Iraq? Are we making progress? With us to talk about it is Robert Gaffney. He's president for the Center for Security Policy. And... um, he served as Assistant Secretary of Defense. Uh, Frank, I don't know why I called you Robert. Excuse me for doing that. <laughs> I, I assumed you were protecting my identity. <laughs> <laughs> well, with this NSA story, we might talk about that. But Frank has been with us many times. Frank, welcome back. And um, tell us what to make of this most recent poll 
um, that we see about the direction of the uh, surge in Iraq? I think it's indicative that when the American people are actually exposed uh, to both sides of the argument, not not simply a sort of incessant drumbeat uh, that is essentially driven by one idea and one idea alone, and that is if only we just stop, all the bad things that are happening will also stop. If we just withdraw from Iraq, um, the the blood uh, letting that, that uh, we've been exposed to there will go away, and, and uh, if it doesn't stop for everybody else, that's somebody else's problem, not ours. That's, that's been basically the steady diet the American people have been treated to until fairly recently, with, with you know, in fairness, some, some uh, periodic uh, explanations to the contrary by the president. But I think what's beginning to happen is that the public is, is both seeing signs that the counterinsurgency effort that General David Petraeus is leading in Iraq is making a difference on the one hand, and I think also there's a there's a growing awareness um, as a result of efforts that I, among many others, are are making now to impress upon them that withdrawing from Iraq is really just another name for surrender, and surrender in Iraq is a formula for disaster, not just for the Iraqi people, but for us as well. Frank, let me ask you a follow-up question. Newt Gingrich said, I think this week. He thought we were engaged in a form a phony war on terrorism, and um, you know I I'm just wondering because we see this uh, NSA National Security Agency um, surveillance program. On the one hand, some people say, "Look, we're going so hard in one direction, we may be violating civil civil liberties," and on the other hand, somebody says, "Oh, we're not really trying hard enough." Uh, which is it? What do you see coming out of Washington? Well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of mixed signals, and, uh, and that's what I was really trying to get at in my answer to your previous question. Uh, we're looking at uh, at some of all of the above. I don't believe we're fighting this war as though our lives depend on it, which indeed they do. I think we are fighting a phony war, as Newt Gingrich has described it, in the sense that basically all we're doing is we're we're placing an enormous burden on military personnel and their families to go use military means in a couple of theaters of this war. Uh, we're doing precious little to use the rest of the the, uh, the arsenal, if you will, the, the toolkit that we have at our disposal, whether it's economic and financial tools, whether it is uh, uh, political warfare instruments, whether it is covert operations and the like, all of which I think need to be brought to bear. And unless and until we do that, uh, even to the point of asking the American people to make some sacrifices, it is going to be uh, a phony war, if you wish to call it that, certainly a war we're not fighting as we need to, uh, if we hope to prevail. And it, it, with respect to specifically the business of defending ourselves, the idea that coming out of Washington lately has been this uh, uh, this double talk about whether we should use intelligence tools to try to monitor the plots that our enemies are trying to use against us is is just a prime example of not fighting this war as though our lives depend on it. Indeed, we're fighting the war to the extent we are in ways that look like they're likely to um, create more dangers, more risks 
to our lives. Frank, can you uh, give our listeners an explanation about this bill uh, on wiretapping that was just signed? Because I think a lot of people are confused about what it would really do and the idea that because of our technology, a lot of this information comes through the U.S. And so, in a sense, the law did have to change. And as Jerry said, um, there is a concern, and it's a legitimate concern, that we not compromise our civil liberties beyond what's absolutely necessary. Uh, And for this reason, over the years, we developed a a series of fairly stringent arrangements to control the government's ability to monitor the telecommunications of Americans or or legal aliens living in this country. Um, The so-called Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which codifies a lot of these rules and regulations, um, is simply not up to the kinds of technologies that are being used against us today. For example, you can have foreign intelligence operatives, foreign terrorists, uh, foreign enemies of other kinds communicating with one another, and unbeknownst to them, the communications may be rooted, even though both of them are overseas, through the United States. Under the new bill, as I understand it, for at least the next six months, it will be possible for our intelligence agencies to do what they were doing before, uh, which is to monitor those kinds of telecommunications, not involving American citizens, but involving foreign operatives, foreign nationals, communicating with one another, but nonetheless using, if you will, American um, telecommunications channels uh, to to have conversations that could shed light on imminent dangers to our people in our country. So this legislation is very important. It, it is, uh, I think, a disgrace that the Democrats in Congress um, were so reluctant to uh, make the changes necessary to bring that Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act up to uh, contemporary technology standards. Um, and I hope that we'll find that it uh, it spares us some very serious dangers that uh, may otherwise be in the offing. Our guest is Frank Gaffney. And, Frank, you mentioned some of the other tools that can be used in this war on terror. And I've been reading lately, even today in the Wall Street Journal, about a, a Syrian survey of Syrian people who actually say they want to help us stabilize Iraq. And then I've been reading about the Iranians who are experiencing great persecution, I would call it, from their government. So in a sense, can we appeal to some of the citizens of these countries in a better way to help us fight this war? I I think to varying degrees we can. I I must tell you, I'm a little suspicious of these uh, polls because they were conducted over the telephone. And I'd be very surprised if there were any Syrians who uh, thought that they could safely have a phone conversation without somebody in their government listening in. Mm. Um, you know, making sort of blithe statements about how they'd like to help us stabilize Iraq is, is not, uh, not all that indicative one way or the other. I think the people of Iran genuinely detest their government and want to be rid of it and are more than delighted to work with us to try to bring that about if we will help them. I suspect that that's true of the people of Syria, too, but it's they've been under this repressive regime for so long, um, and they've been subjected to this uh, incessant propagandizing against the United States, and for that matter, Israel, for so long that uh, it's a little unclear uh, what they would do left to their own devices. I'd like to think that they would, like the Iranian people, opt for a government that is not a pariah, 
that is part of an international community and that uh, lives in peace with its neighbors. Um, but it's a little unclear, and I certainly wouldn't go to the bank on the basis of a telephone-conducted poll. Hmm. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Frank Gaffney. He's president of the Center for Security Policy. Frank, let's go to presidential politics for a minute. I want to talk about a possible commander-in-chief, which is Senator Barack Obama. I want to play a couple of sound bites for you. They're fairly uh, difficult to hear, but they're very important sound bites. Here's Obama saying... The idea of using nuclear weapons is not an option. I think it would be a profound mistake for us to use nuclear weapons uh, in any circumstance. And then he went on to qualify that statement. There's been no discussion with nuclear weapons. That's not uh, on the table. All right, uh, Frank, here's the, a man who would be the commander-in-chief saying we would never use nuclear weapons, then saying, oh, wait a minute, we didn't have this discussion, more or less. Is this man ready for prime time? I personally don't think he is. Uh, I have been uh, somewhat bemused by uh, the enthusiasm for an individual who has such a thin track record um, in national uh, office, uh, to say nothing of, of having any real expertise in, in uh, the sorts of issues that we've just been talking about, war and peace in the middle of this uh, this great global conflict. Um, his comments about sitting down with uh, dictators all over the world in his first term, uh, his comments about uh, Pakistan, uh, his comments about you know whatever his position might be on nuclear weapons, all suggest to me a man who is um, simply not up to it, uh, certainly as of yet, and, uh, and that the posturing that we're now hearing, in which in fairness, Hillary Clinton is also uh, participating, um, is uh, is more instructive about the limitations of the man than his capabilities and uh, credentials. Frank, we're out of time. Frank Gaffney, Center for Security Policy, thank you for being with us. Pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, when we come back, we'll continue to talk about this presidential debate yesterday. You will not believe what Tom Tancredo said about the greatest mistake of his life that's coming later in the program today. We'll also hear from Mitt Romney, the Mormon candidate, Rudy Giuliani, the popular but pro-choice, pro-abortion candidate. We want to take your calls, 800-881-9270. Later in the program, have you heard about The Secret? It's the buzz on Oprah. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to talk about this phenomenon sweeping the nation, The Secret, and what do you think about Michael Irvin and his prayer of confession and redemption? It's Jerry Johnson Live with Pentadexter. We'll be right back. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Chriswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. 
Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I had to, to laugh at what I saw Barack Obama do. I mean, in, in one week, he went from saying he's going to sit down you know, for tea with our enemies, but then he's going to bomb our allies. I mean, he's gone from Jane, <laughs> he's gone from Jane Fonda to Dr. Strangelove We're going to get week. to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> well, a light moment in the presidential debate yesterday for the Republican side, Mitt Romney, uh, Mormon candidate for president, uh, saying that he can't figure out Obama because Obama said he would, in fact, talk to anyone, our strategic uh, opponents, adversaries, sit down and talk with them, more or less give them legitimacy. People like Chavez, people like Castro. On the other hand, he said he might bomb uh, a Pakistan, <laughs> an ally, uh, without their permission if he thought the terrorists were there. And so a lot of folks in the State Department very nervous about this kind of discussion and wondering, really, if this man is fit to be the commander-in-chief. We have other questions about other candidates, obviously, but tonight we're talking about Obama. It was very interesting to hear uh, what Frank Gaffney had to say. But let's talk about this war uh, on terror, particularly in Iraq. A USA Today poll says President Bush is making some headway in arguing that the increase in U.S. troops in Iraq is showing military progress, or at least more and more people now are, are agreeing with this. And, of course, Pena, we've seen this New York Times editorial in the last two weeks saying the war is winnable. We saw in the Dallas Morning News last week a story that our troop toll, our death toll, is at an eight-month low last month. So there's some things trending in the right direction. Let me just read you what uh, the Defense Secretary Robert Gates said on Meet the Press yesterday. He said, well, we've still got a little ways to go, but I think the military side of the surge has been successful. They're worried more about the political side. The problem when we would go after al-Qaeda insurgents before uh, is that when we would hit them in one place, they'd squirt to another place. I love that word, squirt. But that's exactly what would happen. It was called uh, whack-a-mole. And uh, for the first time, says Gates, the commander has enough forces that he can attack all of their basic locations at the same time. So it's much more difficult for them to squirt out and escape. And we're capturing and killing quite a lot of these people, beginning to reestablish order in the neighborhoods. And that's good news. All right. People wonder, why are we talking about this on a Christian radio station where we talk about the Christian worldview? What if I told you we're getting ready to vote on a new minister? Well, at the First Baptist Church of Dallas, they're getting ready to vote mm-hmm. on a new pastor this Sunday. It's a big issue. But I'm actually talking about another minister today. Romans 12 says this, that the government leader is a minister of God. It's actually Romans 13. Romans 13, these rulers are a minister of God. They do not bear the sword in vain, a revenger to execute wrath on him that does evil. And so, One of the God-given responsibilities of the government leader is to defend us against those who would do evil and to use the sword of war, if necessary, the sword of justice. Jesus said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, Uh, particularly as we go forward in history. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And we do need these kinds of leaders who can protect us uh, from the evildoers. Let's go to John McCain. He would be president. 
And he has something to say about this war. We must win. If we lose, there will be catastrophic, catastrophic consequences and genocide, and we will be back. This is a seminal moment in American history. We must succeed. All right, McCain says we must win. We must press ahead. What do you think? 800-881-9270. Who can help us to do this? Is it Obama? Is it McCain? Is it Romney? 800-881-9270. Here is Romney again. To win the war on jihad, we have to not only have a strong military of our own, and we need a stronger military, we also need to have strong friends around the world and help moderate Muslims reject the extreme. He talked about the war on jihad, the war on jihad. Very interesting earlier, we talked about Giuliani saying none of the Democrats are using this kind of rhetoric. You know, he also said help moderate Muslims reject the extremists. And that's exactly what Frank Gaffney was talking about. There are many disgruntled Iranians in that country. They are being repressed by their leader, and uh, they can be used to our advantage and actually to their advantage if we cooperate with them. We find ways to do that. All right, let's go down the list for just a moment. Let's hear some highlights from this debate. Many of these politicians intersecting with the Christian worldview. Here is Ron Paul. Just come home. We just marched in. We can just come home. Okay, that kind of comment could fit on the Democratic debate next time they have one, but that was Congressman Ron Paul of Texas, and he has been an advocate for troop withdrawal. He doesn't want foreign entanglements, but I think, unfortunately, we are there, and I think McCain is right. If we leave before the job is done, could be a catastrophe there in the making. We've got Mike Huckabee saying uh, he has another solution. End our dependence on foreign oil, and let's not play around and say 30 years. Let's get it done. Let's get it done now. And let's make sure that we don't have to depend upon their oil for our future energy needs. Okay, this is what Gingrich was talking about, a phony war. Gingrich is saying, look, we're sending these soldiers over to their fight in Iraq, but we're not, as a country, sacrificing and mobilizing in, in all ways to really reduce our dependence upon foreign oil. We're not making the necessary sacrifices on the home front. We're not on a war footing, as Gaffney has said. And uh, I think Huckabee is saying we need to get serious about consuming less fossil fuel. We've got Jeff on the line from Newark. Jeff, thank you so much for calling. Uh, Jeff, what's your view? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate y'all having taken my call. Um, I was, you know, tuning in and, and definitely feel that uh, as, as not only Christians, but definitely as, as Americans, that we need to finish the fight and that if we don't, that they're going to come back and hit us again. And I think that we definitely need to stay strong to our values and, 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 and you know, even though I'm not a, I agree with the administration on every point, that we definitely need to stay there and win the war. Thank you, Jeff. It does seem to me they've made some mistakes, probably some major mistakes, as we've made in every war. If anyone here has studied the history of war, we've made major mistakes in every war. But what if we pull out before the job is done? I think that's that's the catastrophe that uh, would be just around the bend if we pull out before the job is done. You know, these comments, we discussed it last week, uh, that Barack Obama made about the real war being in Afghanistan and uh, even talked about going into Pakistan and that Iraq is not where it is, but it is where it is. That's where the terrorist groups are. That's just the reality. Uh, and part of it has to do with the fact that we went in there and we took out Saddam Hussein. But that 
that's where the war is. You can't leave because what you leave is just uh, the beginning of a major Middle Eastern takeover by the Islamofascists. And if we do that, we're highly irresponsible. All right, folks, they talked about other issues at the Republican debate. And uh, one of the big issues uh, looming in each one of these confrontations is abortion. Because really for the first time in the Republican Party in recent memory, you've got a major candidate that's pro-choice or pro-abortion, that being, of course, Rudy Giuliani. Here's Senator Sam Brownback uh, saying that there should be no compromise on abortion. I think this is a core issue for our party. I think it's a big issue for our country. I'm pro-life and I'm whole life. I think that all life at all stages is sacred and it's beautiful. I think it's something we ought to fight for. It's what this party has stood for. It's what we should stand for. All right, folks, do you think that Christians should vote for pro-choice, pro-abortion candidates, even uh, if they're in your party? Does that make it acceptable? And I think uh, Republicans and Democrats have to answer that kind of a question. Would you vote for a pro-abortion candidate? Of course, Mitt Romney has been accused of flip-flopping on the issue. Here he is defending himself. The first time a bill came to my desk that related to the life of an unborn child, I came down on the side of life. And I put that in the Boston Globe and explained why. And I get tired of people who are holier than thou because they've been pro-life longer than I have. All right, pro-life longer than I have. He's talking about Sam Brownback because what happened at the very beginning of the debate is there was an ad that the Brownback campaign put out that was played. Uh, Stephanopoulos played it right at the beginning of the debate, and it basically talks about the flip-flopping of Mitt Romney. But Mitt Romney says he's tired of it because... He has come down now on the pro-life position. It's just uh, whether or not pro-lifers in the party believe that he'll stay there. All right, folks, have you heard? Let's shift gears of the secret, of the secret. Here is Captain Kirk. Well, now he's not Captain Kirk. He's on Boston Legal. (laughs) William Shatner. Listen carefully to this. Danny, I... What are you doing? Danny... What are you doing? Secret. Certainly you can tell me I'm your flamingo. No, no, no. The secret. Haven't you heard? The law of attraction. Get with the program, man. What are you talking about? If you think positively, you become a magnet and pull in everything you want towards you. Really? I figure if I concentrate on world peace, maybe I can actually make it happen. All right. The secret. The secret. Did you hear William Shatner talk about it? This is a movie. This is a book. It is a phenomenon sweeping the nation. Uh, Once something has been on Oprah, it's ubiquitous in America. And uh, this movie, this book is everywhere. And this week on KCBI and Crystal Communications, we're going to be talking about the secret, the secret exposed. In fact, our Christian News Weekly this Saturday, the 18th, at 12.30 on KCBI. We'll be running a special. Next, next Saturday, a week from Saturday. A week from mm-hmm. Saturday. It's the 18th. Mm-hmm. And then at 6.30 a.m. on Sirius Satellite Radio, also you can hear this program. We're going to talk about it a little bit today. You know, Penna, I think one of the most effective ways to poison someone is uh, to mix the toxin in with some really good food. And I think that's what's happening here. You know, positive think, thinking, positive thoughts. I mean, on the surface, uh, you know, that's good. Uh, it's, it's good to be optimistic, good to be positive. But what we have in the secret is that truth 
excuse to bait or to camouflage some deadly lies. And the propaganda sounds very, very convincing. And I've got some uh, sound I want you to listen to very carefully. We're going to talk about it when we come back. The Secret. Have you heard about this? It's been on Oprah. You've heard the buzz. Here it is. Throughout history, all the great minds, all the great leaders, all the great achievers, they have something in common. And now the great glimmering of truth can be revealed again. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. You know, this secret gives you everything you want. Happiness, health, and wealth. You can have, do, or be anything you want. I've seen many miracles take place in people's lives. Financial miracles, miracles of physical healing, mental healing, healing in relationships. All of this happened because of knowing how to apply the secret. All right, have you heard about the secret? The secret. The secret. It's a movie. It's a book. And it talks about a law of attraction. A law of attraction. Uh, recently, we had on the program here James Walker. He's co-author of the book, The Truth Behind the Secret. He's president of Watchman Fellowship. He's a graduate of Crystal College. I thought he had some interesting things to say about the secret. She also calls the secret, is called the law of attraction. And what she says is she discovered that whatever the mind thinks, the mind creates energy. And with thoughts, actually, the, the energy can be measured in vibrations. And that energy is sent out like a television transmission tower out into the universe. And the universe will send back to you whatever your mind dwells and concentrates on. Of course, James Walker talking here about Rhonda Byrne, the author of The Secret. Uh, she made, she discovered The Secret. She made the DVD. Uh, she wrote the book later, and when Oprah got wind of it, Oprah actually, un, in an unprecedented move, did two programs on it, uh, and it became so popular, even uh, outselling the second-to-last Harry Potter book, which is pretty amazing. People are buying into this. You can understand why, because it says that you can get anything you want basically just by thinking about it. The laws of quantum physics, uh, scientists are brought into this to explain why this really happens. People are believing it. There are even secret parties taking place across the country, and Christians, because they see certain principles in the secret that they think are Christian, are buying into this, and it's, it's very dangerous. Uh, if you've read this or seen it and you want to comment, 800-881-9270. Give us a call, 800-881-9270. You know, as I look at this material, Penna, um, I think there are two or three really dangerous notions here. Number one, that um, you're going to be happy if you have health and wealth, or that life is about health and wealth. I mean, the whole point of The Secret is is that through these positive thoughts, through this kind of optimism, and saying, uh, I'm going to get it, I want it, I'm going to have it, that you can have more money, a better job, more power, more sexual fulfillment, uh, more importance. Uh, it's really about health and wealth. And we know the Christian gospel uh, says otherwise. It's not about health and wealth. I mean, Paul said, I've learned to be abased and to abound, but to be content, whatever state I'm in, to be content. And of course, the Bible says a man's life does not 
consist in the abundance of things he possesses. So really it's not about, the goal is not what uh, the secret is all about helping you get. That's really not the purpose of life. But I think even more troubling than that is the idea that the one true and living God of the Bible is replaced with with you. That is that you, in essence, become God uh, in the secret scenario by willing by speaking, by thinking, you create your own reality. Whereas in Christian, uh, the Christian life, it's prayer. You're talking to God about your reality and asking Him to change it and to intervene and to interact and to lead to the guide. And, and faith is believing what God has said and counting on Him to do what only He can do. Whereas the, the secret is teaching some kind of a, a magic, that is, that you can say it and it will be so that the law of attraction means as you confess this and think it and say it, that automatically those good things come to you. And that's a really uh, a kind of a mysticism, a kind of a Gnosticism, and uh, it is uh, not New Testament Christianity. We've got Jerry on the line from Bedford. Jerry, what do you think, Jerry, of The Secret? Thanks for taking my call, Dr. Johnson. I have a question, actually more of a comment. Uh, as Christians, when we have, have our brethren we're trying to reach out and speak to, do you advocate that we maybe read some of these things so that we can speak to them intelligently? Because I, if any of my friends want it, read it, I want to come across from, from our perspective, but also from my knowledge on, on what's going on. I think he's asking, it was hard to understand through this connection, but uh, how can uh, people get something that would help them to be able to explain to their friends what's wrong? Because I know, uh, Dr. Johnson, that there are a lot of people who have friends, even in the church, who are into this, and they want to be able to explain why it is wrong. James Walker's book would be one way, which is called The Truth Behind the Secret. He'll be a guest on the program tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Uh, James Walker. The next day, Dr. Phil Roberts, who is led out in uh, Southern Baptist efforts, studying other religions, studying the cults, and he'll also be speaking to the secret. And then, of course, um, the Christian News Weekly that Criswell Radio Network puts together on the 18th will do a major expose. Mm -hmm. Folks want to get ready for that. We've got Linda on the line from Dallas. Linda, thank you for calling. What's your view? Well, I'd like to make a comment on a couple of things. Uh, You were talking about uh, John McCain. And I do believe we should listen to him as he has had war experience, um, and we know um, that he does know a lot of truth about what goes on during these times. The other thing, when you said, should a Christian vote for someone that is pro-choice or pro-abortion just because they're in their party, I think absolutely not. Um, I think if we do not stand up for what we believe in, we have lost the battle. Um, the secret, I think, is absolutely nothing new that has been around. Um, there have been so many health and wealth gospels in different churches and um, uh, just praying, having enough faith and all of that. I, I just don't think that that's going to last. I think, there, like you said, there's a bit of truth in that even the Bible says that as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So I think it's, uh, I just feel like that it's going to pass. Uh, the gentleman wrote, that wrote that book, um, um, what is his name? The Truth Behind the Secret, Walker. Yes, he came to our church and did an excellent, excellent um, talk on that. So just, I'd also like to recommend if anyone can listen to him. Tomorrow he'll be on. He'll be on, oh, Linda. Good. Thank you well, so he much. Did a, he did a great job. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you bet. Well, we'll listen to Dr., uh, James Walker tomorrow. We'll also listen to Dr. Phil Roberts on Wednesday and then be gearing up 
for The Secret Exposed on the 18th, the Christian News Weekly Expose on KCBI on Sirius Satellite Radio. We're really excited about it, and we're going to continue to follow this story. But another story in the news in the last day or two here in Dallas, Michael Irvin inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Great athlete, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, and his accepted speech for the Hall of Fame was probably unlike any other. And I want you to listen very carefully to what he has to say. It's about a minute here. And we're going to talk in this segment and the next segment about his speech, his life, what he has to say, and what's going on in the world of pro sports. Here's Michael Irvin. I said, God, I have my struggles. And I made some bad decisions. But whatever you do, whatever you do, don't let me mess this up. I asked, I said, please help me, help me raise them for some young lady so that they can be a better husband than I. Help me, help me raise them for their kids so that they could be a better father than I. And I tell you guys to always do the right thing so that you can be a better role model than dad. All right, what's going on in pro sports here, Penn, and what's going on with this speech? I think we want to talk about two themes, sin and redemption. But we've got to talk about sin first. It's not easy to talk about. But Michael Irvin certainly talked about his sin, his lifestyle. Uh, it's not just in the way back past, but there have been again and again incidences mm-hmm. in his life mm-hmm. that we've seen in the media involving drugs, involving law-breaking of various kinds, uh, and not been faithful in his marriage. And so he's just admitting that up there. He's talking about it. And he was passed over once in the Hall of Fame, probably because of all these shenanigans and because of this sin. But uh, actually, if we look at the uh, headline of the sports section uh, in the Dallas Morning News, I've got it in my hand from Sunday. You've got 755. It's a huge number. And it's about Barry Bonds tying Hank Aaron's home run record. But I noticed that the commissioner of baseball at the game, when everyone else stood and applauded, he kept his hands in his pocket. He did not applaud Barry Bonds. And that's because there's a huge cloud over Barry Bonds. Uh, Most people believe that one of the reasons he's done so well through the years is he's used performance-enhancing drugs. We've got the story in pro sports of Michael Vick. He's the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, the highest paid player, the, the largest contract in history, engaging in dogfights, sponsoring them on his own property. And then they would kill these dogs and torture these dogs. A major expose going on there. And then you've got this NBA referee who's uh, fixing games and gambling. Now, Johnny Cash is going to sing about the problem. We'll talk about it when we come back. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. 
Why you never see bright colors on my back And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone Well there's a reason for the things that I have on I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime But is there because he's a victim of the time I wear the black for those who've never read Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Criswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. I wear the black for those who've never read Or listen to the words that Jesus said About the road to happiness through love and charity Why you think he's talking straight to you and me Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do In our streak of lightning, cars and fancy clothes But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back Up front there ought to be a man in black All right, that's Johnny Cash singing Man in Black. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We're here at Criswell College. And we're talking about black, what Johnny Cash was singing about, that is sin and the judgment that comes because of sin. You know, I wouldn't agree with all that Johnny Cash says in that song or all of his songs, but one of the interesting things that he sang a lot about sin, the results of sin, the brokenness that comes because of sin. And that song, I think, puts it well. And that um, when we sin... It just messes everything up, and that's what's happening in the world of sports. I understand that Sports Illustrated is running a feature on this. Pretty much, you know, are you tired of all this yet? And uh, we have had some major scandals in pro sports. Michael Vick, the dog fights, Barry Bonds, and the dope. Uh, the NBA referee who was actually gambling on games that he was officiating and fixing the point spreads. And we've got Michael Irvin today making this kind of a confession. Folks, what do you think about this this um, epidemic of sin in pro sports? We've got John on the line from Louisville. John, what do you think? Well, thank you for calling, uh, taking my call. Um, I played semi-pro football back in the 80s with uh, the Houston Gamblers, and um, a lot of these athletes just want to fit in. Others uh, get caught up in everything. Uh, you know, once you try a drug, it's addicting. And you don't want to be outcast. 
and then they get caught up in themselves. And I think that's what happened with Michael Vick is he just really got caught up in himself. But Michael Irving, I think, wanted to fit in with his fellow players and his friends and also with the, the drugs and the lifestyle of the money. You know, there was a time when uh, I think sports figures saw themselves as having a greater responsibility to be a role model for the nations, for the next generation. And I think even uh, Michael Irvin in this speech sort of remembered that. Uh, He hasn't always remembered it in his actions, but there is that out there. Uh, They are role models, whether they want to be or not. And it's unfortunate because uh, kids really see a message, I think, of what I do, not what I say. And even his kids, he's hoping that he doesn't mess his own kids up by his actions. But uh, if the actions had been different, he'd have a greater chance of leading his kids into a more righteous life. Uh, So we've come a long way, I think, from the idea that our sports figures are wholesome or supposed to be and role models for the nation's youth. All right. And we've seen this also in Hollywood. We've seen it in sports. And that is many years ago, Hollywood actors, at least on the surface, and sports figures on the surface uh, portrayed a very wholesome image. Today, uh, no longer so. Mm-hmm. I think Larry here in the studio says, that idea died when Tom Landry was fired. I wonder about that, you know. It seems to me like uh, Cowboys management in um, recent years has had a different kind of philosophy about what it takes to win that you can pretty much buy the victories, uh, forget the lifestyle of the players and the, the discipline. And uh, we've not seen the kind of moral leadership from a coach and from a administrative side uh, that we saw back in the Landry years. But this is happening to all the teams, not just the Cowboys and all of the sports, not just football. And that's what I want to talk about. What's going on with Michael Vick and Barry Bonds and this NBA referee and uh, Michael Irvin? And uh, this show is about the Christian worldview, and we were listening to that Johnny Cash song about sin and about the destruction it brings in every part of our culture. And I want us to think about the Bible here, uh, because it's, it's pretty clear that sin is just everywhere. And there are a lot of different words in the Bible, and different concepts in the Bible for sin. I mean, we can begin at the beginning. You've got Genesis 3. You've got Adam and Eve. And there the picture is one of rebellion, that sin is really rebellion against God and God's authority. I mean, we could tie this into the secret because the idea is that uh, you become the master of your destiny, that you become God, that you're in control, uh, not God. Another idea in the Old Testament about sin is the idea of missing the mark, the Hebrew word kata, to miss the mark. The Greek word in the New Testament is hamartia, and the idea in the Greek culture was the the archer shooting at the target and missing the target. They would call out that word hamartia in the Greek games, missing the mark, falling short of um, the goal. And, you know, basketball players ought to understand this, because when you shoot at the basket, you miss, and you miss the goal. Uh, and that's what's happened in the goal of life for all of us, including these ball players. We miss the mark. We miss it. Another word in the Bible for sin is the word transgression. And here the idea is sort of a keep off the grass sign that um, we are. There are some rules that God has put forth, like the Ten Commandments. And God has said, "No, don't do this." It's sort of like that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And to transgress means we've stepped across that line. 
Uh, the New Testament talks about sin as unbelief. Sin is a matter of unbelief. The New Testament uses the word anomia, which is lawlessness. We break the law. We've seen that with all of these players. It's not just immorality here. These players have all broken the law. Well, the Bible says that's sin. And you might say, well, I'm not like Michael Vick. I've not been doing dogfights. I'm not like Barry Bonds. I'm not doping up. I'm not like this NBA referee. I'm, uh, I'm not gambling and then fixing the, the game. I'm not like Michael Irvin. I've been faithful to my family, or I've uh, not done uh, drugs. But uh, James says, if we keep the whole law and offend in one point, we're guilty of all, because that makes us a lawbreaker, and uh, that makes us a sinner. Well, I don't know what to think of Michael Irvin. He certainly was a great athlete, and uh, time will tell about the sincerity of his his uh, confession and repentance. He sounded humble in that speech. We hope the best for him and his family, that he will uh, show the fruits of repentance as the years go on. We will We will be watching and be very hopeful for that. But I know this, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He died on the cross for sinners. He died to forgive us, and he died to change us. And a very interesting comment in the presidential debate yesterday, a total surprise, they asked the candidates, the greatest mistake you've ever made. Here's Congressman Tom Tancredo. Listen very carefully. I have no doubt of what the greatest mistake in my life has been, um, and that is that it took me probably 30 years before I realized that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Savior. Savior from sin. Tom Tancredo saying it was a great mistake to wait all of those years. And because we're all sinners and we're all in need of a Savior, it is a mistake. If you're delaying, don't delay. Look to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Receive Jesus. Believe in Jesus Christ today as your Savior to forgive you, as your Lord to change your life, to make it right. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.